on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, September 25th. LA Galaxy finished up a game earlier this morning. I don't know if you're awake for that. I was. That was interesting. We're going to talk about the weather, talk about everything that happened in Austin, how the LA Galaxy escaped, what their playoff chances look like now. Five points away from the playoff spot with five games remaining. A lot to get to. Ricky Pooj possibly injured. Was there a picture of him on crutches? Spoiler alert, there was. Uh, we'll talk about what happened in that game in terms of his injury and everything else that is going on as we get you ready for Portland coming up this weekend. So a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. Here to help us, as always, we're glad to have him back. It's Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter. Kev, how you doing, bud? Hey, I know how much you like teases. We talked before the show, like you like to tease stuff. Yes. When you told me about teases, I said I would take my shirt off during the show, and you said not that kind of That's tease. That's different, different, different type of thing. Yeah, we're trying to keep it. Uh, well, I would say PG, but really, we're just trying to keep ourselves from people like not bludgeoning their eyes out, you know, that type of thing. So. Well, I'll give you another tease then. You should have gotten this. Um, earlier, oops, I shouldn't show that. Someone could do a screen grab and, right. and take that classified information. You should have received your copy of the official Corner of the Galaxy MLS Western Conference playoff scenario. It came to you through a diplomatic pouch earlier today. And if you use the regular three-step verification code, you can get into that. It's important that you have that because if anything happens to me after this show, you will be the only person in, on the world to have that information. Right. So we will. that's the tease. We will share this later my copy of course all the ink disappears as i read it yeah it will self-destruct in in 10 yeah. seconds or or so that's my know. that's that's my teaser that's what we got coming up yeah did, didn't that? i poke hole, that good didn't i poke like seven holes into your playoff scenarios just in the like 30 seconds before we had but you you were like it's okay we'll we'll go is that what happened it's okay it's okay. it's math it's okay. math okay very math good. is not exact science right that, that, that's right no it's not <laughs> no it's fine it's guessing that's how it goes um all right uh, I put on the pupusa hat. Somebody requested it, so I'll put it on. That's fine because my hair is a mess anyway. Uh, I had a busy weekend. You had a busy weekend. You got you got your COVID vaccine and then curled up in a ball and cried for three days. Um, yeah, yeah. How but I'm I, safe from COVID. Are you? You know, maybe. Who knows? Oh I don't, no, I've been no, dodging. This is it. not going to become a, um, a, a, a denial show. No, I'm it? just I'm just saying. I mean, you're still going to get it, right? No, it's hey, good. 
Travis Kelsey got his shot and then made a commercial about it. And now he's dating Taylor Swift. Okay, was, so I'll take my chances. That was that was my plan though, and he stole it from me. <laughs> Did you see Cosmo put out his picture? He goes, I guess the news is out, and it's Cosmo's head on on Travis Kelsey's as they're walking through the tunnel that where it showed uh, him and Taylor walking out of that. So, uh, you were did actually, you see how she? Did you see how she got out of the suite? No. How was that? So she's in the suite with Te- Travis's mom, right. and all these fans are waiting. They know where she is, and they wait and wait and wait. And she never comes out. And then they went back and looked at the video. There was a worker that wheeled out a big cart, like uh, six feet tall steel cart. So, so it's the and same way. That, she was inside of that. It's the same way that she gets on stage for all of her concerts and everything like that, too. Very good. All right. Uh, very fun. Well, you were busy doing that. I, I did tease this. We were in a weather delay last night, right? So as any good, you know, broadcaster slash, you know, Twitter personality does, I'm like, let me see how we or, can or kill some you. time or, or even me. Yeah. Good, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I was like, how can we, how can we, you know, do some stuff? How can we, how can we, so I asked what people did the weekend. Really cool, by the way. It's fun to just ask randomly in a wide open net, right? To our 11,000 plus Twitter followers. What'd you do this weekend? Right. People were in New York. Somebody was in Tokyo watching the game, getting ready. Um, let's see. There was, uh, somebody went and rescued some dogs. Uh, his brother rescued some dogs. And so then they were all there and they found these dogs and they rescued them. And they were watching the game with the new dogs and the new family members in the house. I mean, almost brings a tear to your eye whenever you say it. Um, you know, just uh, a congratulations to one of our listeners, Sarah, because I believe she was out visiting her brand new niece who was just born. So that was something I talked to them at the halftime of the last game. So that's a thing. But we all know that I had a big weekend this weekend and I was out riding trains. Uh, because we had a fall meet where we actually invite people over. So I figured just this once, I would show you what that looks like a little bit. I put that picture out on Twitter. So if you've seen it already, I apologize. But this is what that looks like. This is one of my friend's steam engines uh, that I got to drive approximately three feet before it broke. Um, and then we went and tried to fix it for a couple hours. But this is this is generally what I do on the weekends whenever I'm not doing soccer and all that fun stuff. So we had about over 100 people who, who came to the club over the, the three days. So we had a good time. You look like... You look like a giant. It's like somebody said I ate a Mario mushroom, right? Like you ate a Mario mushroom and you just popped up and then all of oh, a sudden you were good. There's to, moving pictures. Yeah. I, well, I mean, videos too. This is one of my friends who was driving a steam engine as well. So real steam engine, you know, fire, water, steam, makes things go, that type of fun stuff. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to share. If anybody's interested, you can hit me up on Twitter or anything else. I got some people who were asking me questions about it. So it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And that was my busy weekend. Now I was exhausted right? Exhausted, Kevin. I had been working for since basically Friday afternoon all the way until Sunday afternoon. I came home. I took a brief 15-minute nap on the couch, and that was about all I could get. Uh, and then I got ready for the 6.55 kickoff of the LA Galaxy, right? 6.30 TV time, 6.55 Spoil- kickoff. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it, was, it was weird because apparently what had happened is the Galaxy went out there. They warmed up. Right. They did their normal stuff, everything. And from I asked Greg about this. I also asked uh, I was talking to Vicky Mercado. She was actually keeping me updated on what was happening at the stadium. And then I had awesome, awesome listeners who were there who were texting me and tweeting at me saying, oh, power just went out up, you know, the whole thing. So they went out for their warmups. They're getting ready to come back out. And it started. They they got the the lightning inside the safety perimeter. And I looked, Kevin, and looked and looked for about 30 minutes trying to find MLS's lightning safety protocols. Like, what is the safety perimeter? How many miles away is it? How long do you have to wait after each lightning strike? I believe it was like, it's supposed to be 30 or 45 minutes from lightning striking outside the safety perimeter that you have to wait for it to go. And so there was all these things that were sort of in there. And then I'm watching it on Flight, which is uh, an app for aviation. It has uh, uh, up-to-date weather, you know, just 
about five, 10 minutes delayed whenever it comes in there. And so I was able to sort of track the storm. It came golf ball size hail. If you went north of the stadium and some of our listeners were out there because I saw the pictures, they went out golf ball size hail went through through the windshields of cars just looked like a apocalypse had hit some of these neighborhoods with all this hail coming down. Same storm that hit uh, Q2 stadium that flooded the stadium for about 10, 15 minutes. And then all the water went away. Great job, by the way, for, for Austin to have that water out there. You could never tell that there was, you know, a deluge of water as fast as they got it. The ground soaked it up really fast and it went away. Yeah. That, that's what Mrs. Panda said. She said the field looked great. And by the way, I don't know what the protocol is with lightning, but if you saw the Marcelo Balboa photo, yeah, I think, I think the protocol there was to clean your underwear out, change your drawers and hide. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty spooky. I mean, yeah, there was it was it was a major little thunderstorm cell that hit there. I mean, from the damage and everything else. And then the wind was blowing sideways. The power briefly went out at the stadium. So all in all, uh, and it was funny, I talked to Greg afterwards. I said, you know, was that the latest you guys have ever started the game? You know, the whole deal. He goes, he goes, I don't know. He goes, you know, there was one in uh, Dallas when I was with Toronto that we started it and then it stopped. And then we had to wait for like two, three hours and then start it up. And I think we didn't start it up until after midnight, right? That type of thing. And it was like, oh, okay, that's that's it. But it was latest start. I actually asked the LA Galaxy, I go, is this the latest start to a game in MLS history? And so they went and checked with Elias. And Elias only keeps track of the projected starting time, not the actual starting time, right? So uh, major stupid. fail. Yeah, I know. Major fail. How do you not know but, what time the kickoff was? You know, but I have to say two things before you get too far along. I want to know if those people adopted the dog. Great job, by the yeah. way. All those dogs. Were they inspired by Ricky Pooch? Why? Why? Why would you say that? Did I miss the joke? Because if I missed the joke, everybody else missed the joke. Just yeah, telling you. It, okay. It, it, it. Is it Pooch? And then the other part was, yes. yeah. Uh, okay. And then the other part was, you said something very prescient last night where you said, is this going to help the galaxy because of the body time? And yeah, body I thought clock. that was a I, th- I thought that was a good comment at the time. And then you saw the game and you were like, now, no. But th- and now thinking back now, they scored two goals, which was after one th- almost 1.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah, it was like after almost time. 2 o'clock in the morning when by the time yeah. those goals came in, yes. And yes, that was almost midnight L.A. time. But there's a big difference in my body between midnight and 2 a.m. Oh, huge. Even when I'm not drinking. And, so right. um, I'm wondering if that had something to do with it. I still think it does. Um, there's two things that come into it, but it's weird how it reversed in this particular situation, right? Greg Vanny talked about it in the Minnesota game. He said, this is an MLS game late in the season. You know, you have these playoff implications. All these things are sort of hovering around, and we know that the games have stacked up behind it. We knew Minnesota was going to get tired in that second half. Well, Minnesota was the traveling team, and that's usually the team that gets tired. Well, the Galaxy were the traveling team this time, right? Um, So they get set up for this, and what happens to their body clock? Their body clock, the Galaxy's body clock didn't change when they were there for, you know, a day and a half. They basically stayed on their same time zone. Trying not to change your body clock actually could be helpful in those situations whenever you have to play a game at a time that is very normal to you. So the Galaxy played a game that was just a little bit later than the game that they would normally play. Two hours, right? Because I don't think we kicked until 9.30, 9.40 Pacific Coast time. Whereas Austin, their body clock is 11.30, 11.40. That's a big difference because even for professional soccer players who tend to be night owls because you play a game, Kevin, you run, you do all that stuff. You're pretty hopped up after the game, whether it's, you know, win, loss, anything. So usually they stay up for a little while and then end up going to bed and sleeping in the next day for a little bit. Right. That's usually the body clock, how it goes. Well, Austin was probably in their body's normal response to a game was already on the way down in that second half. Right. And the galaxy, 
yeah, it's still a little later than it normally is, but I think that they were maybe able to adjust. At the time, the Galaxy were losing 3-1. I'm like, oh, people are going to burn me for that comment, but I think maybe it came true. Um, I also think this LA Galaxy team, despite the season-ending injuries, despite everything that seems to go against them, despite wacky, weird VAR calls in the second half that not even Greg Vanny knows what the, what they did or how they did it, because I asked, um, despite all that, this team, it likes to fight. I mean, you can't say they give up. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, they gave up in the LAFC game and they do, you know, all this stuff. People like to use that a lot as, oh, this team has given up. This team does not. They do not care. Uh, I think Billy Sharp has added something to them. So it, it, this game is a weird one, Kevin, in all sorts of ways. Um, and I think maybe we can talk about it a little bit just in terms of, you know, starting lineups and everything else that is sort of going on. But yeah, I mean, well, a couple of weird things game. we yeah. talked we talked last show about how this was probably a these two games coming up. We can't say in a week because one game was actually Sunday. But these two games, we thought possibility of a six point week, um, almost four points, pretty good. Um, almost possibility of a six point week. And in both of those games, the Galaxy were out of it by halftime. I mean, you know, at halftime you looked, you could have gone to bed. You know, it was looked looked like it was over both games. Right. And both games they they come back. And uh, I thought Ricky Push had probably the guttiest performance uh, that I've seen in a Galaxy player in a long, long time. Really interesting, though, we were talking before the show, you say, well, you know, they're they're nothing without him. They, he has to stay on the field. That's why he's out there. He's, he's obviously hurt, but they have no, you know, these injuries, one of the things the injuries have done, not only is the starting lineup different, but the bench is different. There's no one to go to. Yeah. So Ricky has to stay out there. They don't have a chance without him. They finally make the substitution. What happens? They score the last two goals without Ricky on the field. Which, when you think about it, that seems like a little that seems a little weird. But as you said, probably Ricky was responsible for wearing Austin down and creating the openings that led to the goal, even though he was on the bench being fitted for a cast. Probably. Well, I mean, point. I mean, yeah, well, no, don't don't you fall into that trap <laughs> as well? Like, you know, I know everybody's greatly concerned for Ricky Pooj, and I call BS on most of you saying, oh, man, they need to pull Ricky out. No, Ricky will come out when Ricky comes out. Ricky is a grown man. He's one of the best soccer players in the league. Yes, I think as a coach, you sometimes have to manage guys like that, right, Kevin? Because you're worried they're going to get hurt or you're worried that something's going to happen, right? And, like, they're going to hurt themselves beyond what it was, right? And Ricky got tackled in the first half. He hurt his ankle. Remember, Ricky has been injured. Everybody who complained, Ricky has been injured for the last three or four games with a groin issue. Um, And is it groin or hamstring? I think it's groin. Well, it depends on if Vanny's talking, it's growing. Yes. And besides, Ricky did wave off a number of times. I saw him waving to the bench saying, no, 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 I, I don't want to come out. It is it is possibly one of the gutsy gutsiest performances I've seen. And I thought he played so gutsy against Minnesota to because you know he's injured. I know he's injured. We've been talking about how he's been injured. He has not been 100% in probably the last four or five games. Mark Delgado, by the way, I was talking to him after the game, and he said, listen, nobody's 100% right now. He goes, that's not how this works, right? Well, and, you know, and it, everyone talks about Ricky. Oh, he wants to go back to Europe. He's not committed to the MLS. He's just over here to to sort of make his rep a little bit bigger so he can go back and get more money. That's not the rep. That, that's not. You don't do that, okay? You don't play at less than 100% um, because – People are going to look at your tapes and say, wow, that guy doesn't look like he's really – doesn't look like he's 100 percent, doesn't look like he's really sharp. Uh, compare that and, – and again, maybe this is unfair because I don't know exactly Douglas Costa's situation, but he's missed now, what, two and a half, three games? Yeah. Ricky's played through it. We know Ricky's hurt. We know Costa's hurt. One of them's playing. One of them's not. 
Yeah. I mean, the difference is I think Ricky's been able to ring the bell every time on, on sort of his fitness test, right? It's like, like, yes, it hurts, but yes, I can play. I think Costa is sort of in that position where, yes, I'm hurt. No, I can't play. Um, and Vanny, you know, sort of said, hey, he got a knock and not an injury. Um, and I just like to be <laughs> whatever that means. I don't I you can say that all you want. We all know Ricky got hurt in that game, whether it was just, you know, his ankle got clipped and he rolled his ankle and it was an ankle sprain and he just played through the ankle sprain, um, and which, which is very likely, by the way. And by the way, uh, $5 super chat from Sergio. We appreciate it, Sergio. Thank you. Um, which is very likely uh, whenever it happens. But the bottom line is he played hurt for the rest of that game. He was already hurt and then he got hurt more. Mark Delgado goes, hey, I got my ankle slammed in that game too. And I have a bad ankle that I've been playing on now for, you know, the last three or four games. Um, these guys are going to do this. This is, I, I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are hockey fans. For some reason, hockey and soccer have a lot of crossover. I think, um, I think they're a similar sport in terms of how they're played and just a lot of things. Um, but, uh, I, I see that in hockey, they go in through the playoffs, Kevin, right? Nobody's ever injured in the playoffs, right? Everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. And then the end of the season comes and all of a sudden they list off all the injuries, lower leg injury, lower body injury, all this stuff. And it's like everybody's hurt. That's where we're at at this point. I'm not saying Ricky's isn't more serious than others. The dude was limping around for like 70 something minutes out there just trying to survive that game. And, and by the way, created the penalty kick, got stomped on on his bad ankle in that penalty kick. Um, one that, by the way, uh, uh, uncle missed. That was such a poorly officiated game. It, it just, it always is whenever he's around. So I'm not surprised, but I look at that and I say, that's Ricky Pooj trying to pull this team on the back and you don't take him off until he can't go anymore. And they finally got him off in that position. I thought he made those guys chase him around, especially in that second half. I didn't think he was going to come out of the se- out for the second half, Kevin. I was like, there's no way he's coming out for the second half. And they brought- well, and he took the he took the ball away from Billy Sharp on the penalty kick. He wound up having a team high five shots. And I'm curious now. We know he's played hurt the last couple of games in a row. Um, they, there's five game five days for them to recover before Portland. I'm wondering if the Timbers part of their game strategy is go after Ricky, stomp on him, knock him down. I mean that's but that's everybody that has been the the thing. I I mean do you do it more? I'll tell you right now, teams that have done it more have gotten punished for it. Uh, and we can say that the league isn't protecting Ricky Pouge. They are because the Galaxy have played in a couple red double yellow red card games in this in this stretch of games towards the end here. They've won those games and most of those fouls have been because of Ricky Pouge. All right. So um, you know, I think they're doing as best they can, but yeah, the, the hack of Pooch, you know, you know, the hack of shack sort of mentality is still there and you could see it in this game. I mean, it's just like the starting lineup doesn't really, you sit there and go, okay, this is not, you know, an A team for anything, right? Remember LA galaxy lost Chris Mavinga in this game as well. Uh, going down with a groin injury, uh, Eric Zavaleta came in. People want to blame coaching staffs and, and, and physios. There's zero chance in my mind, there's zero chance that they aren't doing the stretches for all these ACL muscle injuries. There's zero chance that they aren't doing and taking all the precautions or the training staff isn't taking all these precautions. There's zero chance they haven't already looked internally at all this and said, what can we do better to try to prevent these? And then you have guys who just go out there. Who was who was famous for being on this podcast? Who's famous for telling us, Kevin, all the time that being available is a trait right? Be, keeping your body ready to go is a trait. Uh, that was Sasha question. And he said, you have to work on yourself. Um, some of these are unavoidable, like, like, uh, Caceres getting kicked in the knee and then he shatters, you know, it fractures his kneecap. That's nothing you can do. Quite honestly, Chicharito, 
There's nothing you're going to do about that. He reached too far for a ball and it popped whenever he reached too far. He overextended past where his body could comfortably go and he broke himself, right? And only having some extreme flexibility in those, and I'm not saying that Chicharito doesn't, is going to save that for you, right? Caligari just going and turning and sort of falling down and, and coming into that, that, uh, that inside with the reconstructed ACL. It's been bad luck more than anything. I know people will always want blame for everything, and I understand that. And go ahead, try to blame. But I very rarely, these are not overwork. It's not like because these guys are getting overworked, Kevin. I don't see that. These are just soccer injuries. They're just not with the Galaxy this year. Sometimes you get lucky with injuries. Sometimes you don't get lucky with injuries, right? That was really the Chicharito story uh, between the years he was successful, the years he wasn't successful. You know, I wanted to say something, too, about the supporters. It showed on TV there were a lot of supporters there. Many of them waited out the rainstorm, stayed in the stadium through the rainstorm. And, you know, remember earlier in the season, people were criticizing the supporters because they were standing up to the front office and they were boycotting games. And people say, well, you really don't love the team. You're boycotting the games. I think they've kind of proven themselves now. Not all they have all season, but especially now, the idea is, you know, your best friend is not the guy who tells you how great you are when you're doing great. He's the guy that tells you when you need help when you're not doing great. And I think that's what the supporters did early in the season. We need to fix this. It's not going well. What happened since the front office took notice and 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 made a change in the in the president's chair? The Galaxy are six two and seven since then, best record in MLS since May thirty first. Yeah, in the Western and, Conference, and it, Western right. Conference. Yeah. And if you don't believe the supporters are really behind the team, look at how many made the trip to Austin. And sat through the storm. Yeah. Uh, when you and I were watching on TV from our dry homes on Apple TV, right? I mean, the supporters have been there. And the supporters were there when they were boycotting, and they're there now, too. So, um, you know, I think they deserve a lot of credit for showing their character. I mean, that, that's what they said they were going to do. They were going to support the team, and they are. Um, really liked Billy Sharp in this game. He, he <laughs> well, I'll sound like a broken record. The Galaxy will go as far as their number nine will take them. That'll be it. And Billy Sharp did everything that he needed to do uh, in this game, except score a game. He got his first MLS assist. Uh, that's seven goal contributions in seven games. That'll work. Dayan Jovalich scores a goal. Combines with uh, Billy Sharp. People were certainly calling about the two forwards. And I think believe Alex Ruiz was asking about the two forward system and how it's set up. Do you know why I thought it was more successful in a lot of ways? Billy Sharp pulled out and sort of played more of a winger. Um, he would drop into the center whenever the balls came in, but he would pull outside. So that way he would give Jovalich uh, space. And that showed on the goal. He's out and he starts from the left, Kevin. Uh, and he, he's waiting for Jovalich to sort of make that move on the inside. And then it's that little header that sort of comes in uh, that gets that t- game to 3-2, to right? Um, so I like, I like the two-forward system. Maybe Billy Sharp is enough of a difference in a two-forward system that you can play a little bit. Vanny's argument again, and I believe he's correct in this case, is that you're going to give up something defensively. And how do you play defensively with the two forwards up top? Um, you need somebody to drop in. It has to be Dayan Jovalich. He has to come back, and he's not a great defender, right? So it's it's one of those things that sort of puts itself out. Now, when you're losing 3-1, perfectly acceptable to go ahead and, 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 and try to... I'm always one. What are you going to lose by more goals? Like, yes, goal differential matters, but right now, wins and points matter more than goal differential. We're... Goal differential will matter whenever it matters. You can't control that, but try to get the point. So if you have to risk, if you have to gamble, if you roll the dice, go ahead and roll the dice. Go ahead and give it a shot and try to see if you can get, you know, something out of it. Um, You know, the biggest thing that's been killing the Galaxy, though, Kevin, for me, is is the draws. We the the Galaxy's draws. Some of those needed to be wins. Um, And if those were wins, 
if we could if they could have made those wins, then the Galaxy would be in a totally different if they just take two games uh where they had wins instead of uh instead of draws, uh that would be four more points that they would have. And with those four more points, um you know, I think that they would do a lot better. That's 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 my thought on the whole thing is that I think that you could see the LA Galaxy doing a lot better with just the difference of two. Four more points. You you know, Kevin, it's one of those things. If you look at it and you say the Galaxy have four more points right now, you take two of the draws that they've had down this stretch, you make them wins. To me, that makes a lot of sense. The Galaxy would have four more points and four more points would put them one point out of a playoff spot and they wouldn't be in 13th place. Well, when you talk about Billy Sharp, I mean, it, it, interesting thing is he let uh, Ricky Pooch take the penalty shot. He wanted to take it. He was the number nine. He was the guy that should have taken it. Ricky Pooch is the captain. He wanted it. He got it. Um, Sharp had to kind of give that up. But then when you talk about him coming out with Jovalich, when you look at that combination, I mean, Billy Sharp is smart enough to know that, hey, if we're going to play these two guys together, me and, and Jovalich, he can't do what I can do. So I'm going to move out on the wing. I'm going to be the guy that plays a little bit out of position. I think he's smart enough and unselfish enough to do that. And I think that says a lot about him in both instances. Let the captain take the shot. I'm the new guy here. Yes, I'm the guy with 250 goals in England, but I'm the new guy here. Okay, fine. Uh, and then with Jovalich, I'm going to be the, the 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 guy that provides service to you, and you can score the goals. I thought it was a really unselfish thing. When you talk about the points, and we talk about the Galaxy's great record since May 31st. In those 15 games, they have 45 points available. They took 25 of them. That means they left 20 points on the table. Right. In their 15 games, they have seven draws. Right. Um, that They have got to find a way to win going down the stretch. The draws are not going to get them any closer to where they want to be. One point a week is just not going to do it. They have five points to make up, and they need to get some wins. Yeah, and it has to come quick, right? I, I will say this, though. You point that out, and you say, hey, you know, there was 20-something points that they dropped, right? And that same, but nobody in the Western Conference did any better. Quite honestly, they were the fourth best overall record since May 31st. And I don't know how that changed with the Austin game. They haven't updated that stat yet. Um, but they were the third, they were the fourth best overall record in Major League Soccer. So to sit there and say, oh, well, the LA Galaxy dropped all these points. Well, you're, one, winning all the points probably... One, it's a great way to get to the playoffs. Take all the points, don't lose any games. Great way to make the playoffs. Um, but too unrealistic in sort of how it needs to go. My big problem with everything last night was announcers saying the Galaxy, this is a must-win game for the Galaxy. This is a must-win game for the Galaxy. I'm like, there's six points out right now. Six points out is not dead. Uh, six points out with five games isn't great. But the draw that Dallas had, I think, with Columbus really helped everything out. Everything sort of stayed right in front of the LA Galaxy. And so the draw doesn't kill them. They didn't make up any ground, but they didn't lose any ground. We talked about can't lose games. And certainly, I think this Portland game is that can't, can't lose game, uh, which borders on if you're at home, it better be a win game. Um, but it, it, this was a can't lose sort of game showing where everything was with Dallas. Now, had they lost again, wouldn't have been the end of the world. Uh, but I think now showing that they've come back consecutive, by the way, I would have loved to seen the stats and the, the commentators were talking about it. Uh, I would have loved to seen the stats had the galaxy won that game as one was the last team that came back from three, one deficits to win four, three and back-to-back games. Cause I, I would imagine that may have been an MLS first um, for that. But saying that Greg Vanny was very pointed and said, we have to stop giving up this many goals right now. <clears throat> Shall we go through all the injuries on the back line? Because somebody said, what's wrong with the defense? And I'm like, what's wrong? There there aren't there aren't any starters left that were starters before, except for maybe Edwards and Aude is the only position that really has been untouched by injuries. And that's been, unfortunately, an unsettled position, right? Raheem Edwards, who gave just 130% last night, just amazing, just 
ran himself into the ground until he couldn't run anymore. But um, with Raheem and Aude in there, they're sort of trading off. Aude's probably a little bit better defender. Raheem is better going forward. Aude gets caught out of position a lot. Raheem gets caught out of position a lot. That's the only position that still has like its original person in it, right? Because otherwise, you're talking about Kelvin Leardown on the right side playing for Caligari. I'll say it again. Caligari is the biggest, biggest missing piece that the Galaxy don't have an answer for uh, right now. I get Gaston Brugman. I get Martin Caceres, right? I get, uh, you know, Chicharito and all those things. Uh, to me, watching the game against Austin, it was most clear that they were missing somebody like Caligari. Everybody is attacking Leardam. Everybody is attacking the space in behind Leardam because he can't cover that space. So he has to play even a little bit deeper. He doesn't press as hard because he's susceptible to being taken. Look at the uh, the second goal that, ha- that Austin scored just before halftime, right? Which, by the way, should have killed the LA Galaxy. If you're Austin and you... Just give up a penalty kick, and now all of a sudden it's tied. And then, you know, three minutes later, you go down the other way. You run around the end on Kelvin Leardam, and you come all the way to the goal line. By the way, if you get a runner outside there that hits the goal line, you're now in crapshoot territory. I, you, you defenders are going to try to defend things, but once they get that deep and are able to pull back into multiple positions, you can't cover all the options. Somebody's going to find a loose. I saw um, Yoshida trying to take a stab at, at guessing where possibly the cutback was going to go. And the ball actually, you know, came across and into uh, into something else. And so you look at this, that's those are the things that need to be cut out. But having said that, Yoshida's now playing with another partner in Zavaleta, right? I don't know if we have a Tony Alfaro sighting. Somebody asked if it was a coach's decision or an injury well, or anything. But what about Leardam going back to center back? Yeah, but then there's nobody to play right back. I mean, <laughs> it's not well, like Audi or, or Edwards. One of them would have to step in. Yeah, you you you'd put them on their their probably their their poor side, right? You could play Audi over there. I don't I, I don't have have a problem playing Audi over there. I'm just saying that you're definitely playing people out of position now, right? You're definitely risking that. And with Raheem and how much work he puts in, you probably need a sub for him ready just in case he can't make it the whole ninety minutes because he's basically a midfielder. Um, so for me. Whenever I look at how sort of all these things go, uh, I am I am more interested in seeing how the defense can overcome the injuries and sort of try to put together some cohesive place back there. Because the Galaxy, I think, have given up more goals than any other team in Major League Soccer at this point. Um, and they're trending towards 58, 59, 60 goals in that area, um, which is above the 52, I think, that they gave up last year, right? Still in the same zip code, but, you know, still a, a market increase. And again, uh, injuries to you. You called it out. You know, you even said Sega Koulibaly had that injury and that basically that was that was they, they didn't think they were going to be able to get him back in time. And he didn't want to stay and he wanted to go back and try to rehab somewhere else. And so they part ways. Uh, you had Caceres, you have Neil, uh, you have Caligari, right? I mean, the bottom line is they're struggling through four injuries to starters. And now Mavinga goes down as well within there as well, which he has not been healthy. And I, I don't think it's been a great signing for the LA Galaxy at all. Um, but you see all these things and the fact that the LA Galaxy still had, while giving up all these goals and doing all these things, still had one of the best records in Major League Soccer over the last, you know, seven, eight games um, is still impressive. I, I don't know that the defense is going to save this team. Uh, if they just could start reducing some things just a little bit, Kevin, just cutting out one goal that they're giving up every game, I think the Galaxy could cruise through some of these games because they're scoring goals now. You know, we talked before the show about the Real Salt Lake game. If you remember, that was supposed to be mid to late August, was moved because of the hurricane. Um, and, you know, I wonder if that was a good thing or a bad thing. You could say if they played the game there, they would have had Caligari and they would have had uh, Mavinga. They would have, uh, you know, they would have been a little healthier. But Billy Sharp was not playing uh the way he is now, Yoshida was still getting comfortable. 
So, you know, did it, by moving the Real Salt Lake game back, is Real Salt Lake going to face a tougher Galaxy team now? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, certainly. Because that's going to be a big game. It, it depends on who's healthy at this point. I have no idea who's even healthy. Um, Ricky Pouge eventually comes out of that game. Uh, he did put on his Instagram story, and I'm sure he, he knows what he's doing. Just relax. But he had one single crutch, uh, so that way he could walk out to his uh, to, to the plane. Um, and he gave the thumbs up. He said, you know, hey, thank you for the support. Let's go, G's. You know, let's so go, that, G's. That's in Austin. It looks like they flew out. During the day, so they didn't go last night or even early morning. Would you like to know? Would you like to know their travel schedule, Kevin? Because I asked, and then I purposely didn't tell you because I knew that you would tell everybody before I got a chance. Folks, this is called a tease. <laughs> so uh, the LA Galaxy last night, we were trying to get them in and out of media very quickly. We got done with media, I think, at about twelve fifteen, twelve twenty Pacific time, which is two fifteen, two twenty um, on the other side. So I asked this morning i said because i saw another uh story that sort of showed them landing with the sun out and stuff like that and i'm like oh uh it seems like you guys landed today and i was told this is what happened so after the game there was more rain by the way it should have started raining about five minutes after we got done with the um uh the press conference it was supposed to rain again right and so there was another storm moving through that probably would have gone through austin the whole deal so i was like that might delay the plane a little bit if they are, they're trying to get the plane they were trying to get to the plane Everybody was going. They were going very quickly through everything. We got to talk to Greg Vanny, who was more than gracious with this time. We talked with uh, Johnny Perez, who we haven't even got to talk to about yet, but we're going to talk about Johnny Perez. Um, and then, and by the way, Johnny, if you're listening, great interview. Good job. I know I know. sometimes it's nerve-wracking doing the interview stuff for the first time, but Johnny Johnny did a good job. Um, so, uh, But Johnny Perez, and then we talk, talk, got to talk to Mark Delgado as well, right? So we got enough in there, and those guys were off and shuttled out. So... Once they got done with us, they were informed that the flight crew had timed out, right? So pilots oh. are only supposed to are only allowed to be on duty for a certain amount of time, and then once you go past that time, that's it, right? You can't do anymore. So the flight crew had timed out, and they wouldn't be available until the next day. And so I was like, "Oh my god!" I go, "Well, you guys all checked out of the hotel, so you guys all had your bags. So did you guys like have to find another hotel and stuff like that?" What, Kevin? I didn't think of it this way, but they all checked out of the hotel. At you know like six thirty seven or something like that, right? So they check out the whole deal. They they paid for those rooms through the whole day though, didn't they? So technically, they probably paid for that night as well. So uh, I was told by uh, Vicky Mercado was saying the real winners last night were the ones who still had their hotel room keys and didn't turn them in because they could go straight back up to their room and go to sleep and do the whole thing. They didn't leave until two p.m. Austin time today on Monday, right? So that would have been twelve noon our time uh, Pacific time, and then they flew back to uh, to L.A. So that was their night. They got done, went back to the hotel. The guys who threw out their keys had to wait in line and get more keys, right? Do that whole thing. Back up into their room, slept for a little while, hopped back on the plane at about uh, at about 2 p.m. Austin time, which is where you see these pictures, and then they flew out. The good news is they don't have a midweek game, Kevin, because otherwise that really shortens everything with these uh, super late games, right? I'm sure Dan Beckerman called the hotel and made sure they didn't pay for that those rooms twice. Yeah, they, they, that's right. That's I'm sure he was right on top. I'm sure wasn't that Zach, that's Zach's job. That's uh, Zach uh, Mar is Marchetti. I always, yeah, I always he is. Yeah. He's 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 great at his job. I'm sure he got them the free breakfast and all the things they were supposed to get. Continental the 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 bagels and everything. You know, bagels and orange juice that always feel like it just came out of a can uh, and was frozen because it did. It did. Yes, correctly. So. They went through and uh, and eventually got back. But that's a weird travel day. That's a weird. The whole thing is weird. Uh, Mark Delgado mentioned, he goes, you know, 
it was so long. Vanny, by the way, didn't know how long the delay was. He goes, he goes, yeah. And then we were delayed, what, like an hour and a half or whatever. I'm like two hours and 47 minutes. Right? Well, he said they were in the tunnel ready to go on the field. They were. They, they finally called it. Yep. They said, hey, you guys got to go back. And then he thought he said that he thought that everybody handled it really well. That's a tough situation. You're all amped up. You're jacked. Mark Delgado said, I mean, you're at the point where you took caffeine and a lot of these guys will like have caffeine before they go out. So that way it gets them all hyped up, gets the blood flowing, the whole deal. They're ready to go. He goes, the caffeine that you took was basically on its way down. You were starting to crash about the time the game was getting ready to start again. Right. And so that was a whole thing that they were trying to manage and trying to figure out as well. So there's so many little intricacies that happen through this. And you saw the galaxy in that first half. They were atrocious, right? I mean, this team puts in some of the most disheartening first halves I think I've ever seen. Um, you're, you're ready to close the computer. It was funny. I think at one time, uh, one of the galaxy guys, people asked, are you going to be on the call? I'm like, I don't know if they keep giving up goals like this. I think I might just not be, I might go to sleep because it was late. Um, but you look at what they were able to accomplish with the goal coming back. We didn't talk about Johnny Perez. Johnny Perez comes in during that during the Pooj sub and everything else that is going on. And Perez comes on. And I actually have a stat for him because it's it's interesting enough. Uh, in 10 minutes played off the bench, 20-year-old LA Galaxy Academy product and Mexico Youth International winger Jonathan Perez recorded his first career MLS assist, MLS assist and created two chances in the 3-3 come from behind draw against Austin FC on September 24th, right? Just 10 minutes. Johnny Perez had a breakout moment. And in a breakout moment, that means that you have done something well enough, Kevin, that now you are going to be considered as an option coming off that bench. They went to him. He got the playing time. He put the cross in. And by the way, the cross was such a wonderful cross on the back post of Michael Barrios. Uh, Barrios gets his first LA Galaxy goal. Uh, Perez gets his first uh, career assist, right? MLS assist. Uh, Billy Sharp gets his first uh, um, MLS assist in there as well. You had all these guys coming in to sort of contribute and come down that line. But Johnny Perez, I thought, played really well um, in his so limited did, number of minutes. Does he have more assists now than Efrain Alvarez this season? I don't know. Does he? <laughs> did you check it? <laughs> I'm looking here now. I don't want to get you upset by right by reeling all my papers here, but I'm just wondering. I mean, do, do you Efrain want me did not? Do you want me to tell you how this would work in a normal podcast scenario? Is I would I would turn the, the thing the sound You would off. turn it off while I was talking, right? Because I was giving you a chance to look up stuff and then you would have been ready whenever we came out and said, Oh yeah, there we go. So I, I don't know. Somebody can actually look up. he he tied him. Oh, he tied him with that. Okay, good. He I, he played great. Uh very much going against an Austin team that was tired and you could see it. Uh, I think that second half and those late goals really came down to to body clock and also just the amount of work they had to do tracking Ricky Push. Even Ricky Push on one foot was still enough to cause Austin all sorts of trouble through that. Well, he had, like I said, he had five shots. He, he did. High. He did. Um, and so uh, I am I am there in terms of of waiting to see what's next for Johnny Perez, right? Like, hey, give him more minutes. That's what you you have a good game, you get more minutes. That's what you do. Greg Vanny has shown that in my opinion, he he is he does reward that, right? He does. He also punishes it, right? You don't show up. You don't do things you're supposed to do in games. And, you know, you can you can see your playing time go away. Um, but I really like Johnny Perez in that game. Um, I love Mark, Michael Barrios at the back post there. I mean, the Galaxy told me afterwards, and Mark Delgado said, I mean, we thought we were going to win that game. We wanted, if, the Gal- if that game was three, four minutes longer, I think the Galaxy may have won that game. Barrios just missed that last minute sort of uh, a strike there to to give the galaxy a chance and then ted uncle 
had the mysterious VAR call. Did you see any of that, Kevin, in the second half? The the VAR yeah. call that wasn't a VAR call, VAR call that maybe they looked at the really wrong weird. play, but they didn't. I think I know what happened, but nobody will believe it whenever I tell you. I went back and I looked, and if you look at MLS's official tweet from, from VAR and all that stuff... Yeah, that didn't make any sense either. It didn't, except if this happened. Uh, the shot that came, that second shot that was deflected off of the Austin player that then went out for a corner kick, um, he called a penalty kick on that. He thought it was a handball. It was that one. It wasn't the one on Billy Sharp that everybody else goes, oh, that might be a handball. You should check that. I think VAR screwed up badly. Uh, I think Uncle screwed up badly in this. They got a bunch of things wrong. One, I'm not sure they ever looked at the sharp handball. We never saw a replay of it from the booth. Uh, let's be very clear. Apple is, distributes the product. MLS produces the product. MLS needs to remove their heads from their rear ends whenever it comes to producing that stuff. Kevin's available to help you guys to show you which camera angles you should be taking after goals and whenever there's controversial plays. They have to have people in there who have no idea what soccer is, Kevin, because they refuse to show a replay. The first replay you're going to show on almost any goal is on the side to see if anything is offside. You need to have that first look. They didn't do that the whole night. I begged and pleaded for it on Twitter to see a side view from any angle because there was the uh, third goal, I think, from Austin, whenever they played through the center and Yoshida had to come over and Laerdam got caught, pulled up the field a little bit. Yoshida, I don't know if it was offside or not. It probably wasn't, but I wanted to see just one shot from a sideline. Please, for the love of God, show me a shot down the line so I can see whether or not something is offside or potentially offside, right? Nothing. The VAR call is uncle called a handball. He called a penalty kick for the LA Galaxy. Nobody saw this. Nobody knew what happened. Nobody knows why he did because there was never really seemed to be any indication. The cameras never caught it. The announcers didn't know about it. VAR didn't do a good job of explaining anything. And then they took Uncle to the review to see that handball call. Now, what they should have done is reviewed the, the play that was slightly before that where Billy Sharp went to cross the ball and it looked like it went off an Austin player's hand and got cut out going to where it was supposed to go. All right. So completely nuts. And I asked Vanny about it. I go, hey, do you know what happened in there? And he goes, I have no idea. He goes, I also don't know why we didn't get a corner kick because uncle eventually said there was no corner kick. The only thing I can say is that he thinks he blew the whistle before that ball went out of bounds, right? Because if he called a handball, he blew the whistle before the ball went out of bounds. Now the shot was really hard. It went off of an Austin player and immediately out of bounds. So I don't think that that was the case. So the galaxy should have gotten a corner kick on it. So talk about just monumental excuse excuses for bad refereeing that was a that was a cluster and and mls and and pro need to come out and try to figure out what exactly happened there because nobody knows and nobody could explain it to the head coaches either vanny had no idea he said i haven't even seen the replay they didn't explain it to me i'm still wondering why we didn't have a corner by the way you mentioned Leardon a couple of times in there he's going to be called up for international duty right he's probably going to miss two games in october games the galaxy as we've just talked about if they're not can't they're not, they're not can't lose but they're well they're not must wins but they're can't loses whatever i just said yeah they I gotta know. they gotta get a point yeah i mean um and he'll be gone and and we talked about there, there's no depth on that line Quavos, Quavos is the guy i mean that's he comes in whenever that happens but yeah you're right you're right no it's bad i mean again there's no and you can't even blame the la galaxy kevin it's not like they didn't have depth at one point we were looking here and going 
man, this team got deeper. Look how much better they got. Look at all the, and then they got a new rash of injuries and it took all the depth out again. Um, so has everybody, anybody ever played like a one, six, one, one? Yeah. I mean, galaxy might have like, you know, as many center backs as they, Greg Vanny may have to suit up pretty soon. That's what I'm thinking. Jonathan Klinsman. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to, uh, he's going to be out there as a defender. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it was a weird ending to that game. Now, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about playoffs too, Kevin. So why don't you playoffs play? You want to talk about playoffs? About playoffs. Playoffs. Um, I'll go oh, over this. Go. I'll go over this, and then you can go to playoffs. Uh, this is the scored first, scored second chart that I keep. Uh, the Galaxy's last three out of their four games, uh, they scored second. Uh, in two of those, they got draws, and one of them they lost. The game that they scored first in, which they went down three one eventually, uh, was the game that they won against Minnesota in those last four. Again, scoring goals for the LA Galaxy is vital. Billy Sharp is helping that. Sharp, by the way, I, we haven't said it, but uh, Brad Stuver for for Austin had a game and a half uh, in goal for for Austin. The Galaxy had won the XG battle uh, rather handedly, and I was I was actually pretty surprised. Galaxy had two point six uh, expected goals to two point one for Austin. Um, and the Galaxy had, I thought, the better of the chances, and Stuver just kept stopping them. I would also say if the Galaxy would like to not shoot in his general direction, I would suggest that. Uh, he even got a hand on Jovalich's goal. He got a hand on Ricky Puja's, um penalty, penalty kick. kick. Yeah, so yeah. so he had himself quite a night. If, if there's a man of the match in that one, I might put Stuver as my man of the match. Cause, yeah, until he fell asleep at 2 in the morning. Yeah, I mean, hey, he was never coming to that Barrios ball. You can say whatever you want about goalkeepers and everything, but Perez put it perfectly. Barrios buried it. There was nothing there. You're not saving that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the Galaxy easily could. Billy Sharp probably could have had two goals in that game, uh, and he ends up getting just an assist, right? So the Galaxy could have won that game 5-3 very easily. Um, I thought Bond played okay. Uh, I know there were a lot of people who jump on him as soon as any time a ball goes in the back of the net. I didn't see it. I would love to see the defense actually do something to try to stop guys. If you're going to let a guy shoot from inside the box, there's a good chance it's going in. Um, and that's the galaxy defense right now. So uh, they need to get a little bit better on that. Actually, they need to get a lot better, Kevin. But having said that, it's kind of like injuries, the Olay defense. Yeah. Go ahead that way. Yeah, that way. Olay. Olay reminded me of major league. Uh, whenever you said Olay and Zavon, if you, if you Olay that ball one more time, you're going to owe me 50 pushups. Okay, so no, probably nobody else knows that, but that was that was the, that was where I'm at. Yeah, um, and it wasn't Vaughn. Who was it? It was because uh, that's that's Ricky Vaughn, uh, who is of course played by Charlie oh, Sheen. Oh, Ricky Vaughn. Yeah. yeah, but who was the guy who was the third baseman? What was his name? Mm, I can't remember. Somebody in the chat gets it. Uh, Corbin Burnson was the actor. Yes, that's who it was. But what was his name in the in the thing? If you give me any more of that old lay, but I can't say it because this is a kid show. <laughs> um, but great movie. Okay. Talk about the playoffs because the LA Galaxy, um, looking at the Western Conference, um, by the way, still in 13th place, best team in Major League Soccer since May 31st, still in 13th place. Somebody called me for somebody called me on Twitter, Kevin, and said, "You're always so negative." I'm like, "Me? Always so negative?" I go, "No. This is just again to remind you, the LA Galaxy have been so good. Even their own stats guys have pulled these stats. They have been so good." But they haven't climbed out of 13th. The only way you can be so good, Kevin, and not climb out of 13th is because you sucked so bad at the beginning of the year. That's the only way. The Galaxy's still trying to climb their way out of this cave system that they have been trapped in. Uh, and they can see light. They can see light. It's still a little ways up there, but they can see light. And the first person they're trying to jump is Austin, who's now one point above them. Get three points. I bet you that you'll end up on the other side of Austin if you get three points on, you know, coming up this weekend. 
Well, when they started this little streak we've been talking about, 6, 2, and 7 since May 31st, they were in 14th. So they moved all the way up to 13th. Uh, they still got five, four places to go at least if they want to get into the playoffs. And the fact that they moved one spot in four months does not bode well. They really got to uh, to start playing with a little bit of urgency when it comes to the standings and the number of points they take from these games. All right, give me give me the playoff scenarios that you sort of come up with. The Galaxy can finish how high? Well, this is all mathematics, and so I understand nothing about mathematics, so this is going to get really ugly really quick. But they, they have 15 points available, five games left, right? So it's mathematically possible for them to finish second. Uh, second right now, Seattle and LAFC at 45. Galaxy could pass them. They won't, but it's possible. Okay. But can can, can I put to, my disclaimer in there? I still yes. think that that in terms of straight mathematics and points, I understand why you say that. I think if you're talking about scenario-based mathematics, though, it doesn't work because clearly, even if somebody loses all their games, not everybody can lose every weekend, right? Like, you can't have 13 teams in the Western Conference and 12 of them all lose because half of them were playing somebody else, right? So there's impossible. The zero-sum game is impossible, right? You're like you're like I have no idea. Don't bother me with with right. with semantics. Don't, okay, you're talking about facts now. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, so to reach the playoffs, Galaxy have to go over, jump over four teams, right? They go from 13th to 9th. Right. The remaining five games, home matches with Portland, Real Salt Lake, and Dallas, away games at Seattle and Minnesota. So I looked at those games, realistically being a little bit leaning a little bit the Galaxy side. I think 10 points is possible. I think okay. they win the three home games. Mm-hmm. I think they lose in Seattle mm-hmm. on the turf. Okay. And I think they, they get a point in Minnesota. Very tough place to play on the road. Okay. I'm going to give them a point. So that's where I, you know, sort of leaning toward the Galaxy. That would get them in the playoffs if Portland gets fewer than two points in its final three home game, uh, final three games. They mm-hmm. have the Galaxy, Montreal, and Houston. That's pretty tough, Houston and Galaxy. Vancouver has to get fewer than three points, and it's they have five games. So Fewer than three points in five games. They play Colorado. That looks like an easy one. D.C., United, St. Louis, Seattle, and LAFC. Last four are pretty tough. San Jose has to get fewer than three points in its final three matches with Minnesota, Dallas, and Austin. What I really think it comes down to is the final game, the Galaxy and Dallas at home. Dallas has Dallas has to get fewer than five points in its final five matches. It has Philadelphia, Houston, Colorado, San Jose and the Galaxy. I mean, you look at those matches. Philadelphia, probably a loss. Houston, a loss or tie. Colorado, they should win. San Jose, a toss-up. That gets them to the Galaxy game where that's going to decide it. You know, they could go in leading the Galaxy by a point or two, but essentially it would be a winner-take-all game. Yeah. Um, the first tiebreaker, you know, and then for, don't forget that uh, Sporting Kansas City is still there. They have three games left with St. Louis, Salt Lake, and Minnesota. Minnesota is still there. They have... Four games with San Jose, LAFC, the Galaxy, and, and and Sporting Kansas City. The first tiebreaker, remember, the first tiebreaker is total wins. Right. The Galaxy trail all the teams above them. They just have eight wins. So, as you mentioned, the beginning of the season must have been really bad. It was. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> so, the first tiebreaker is total wins. The Galaxy trail everybody above them. Right. Okay? So, they've really got to get the points. The second tiebreaker is goal differential. As you mentioned already, the Galaxy have the worst goal differential of all the contenders at minus nine. Only Colorado in the Western Conference has a worse goal differential. I, so I, would the Galaxy, like, I would like to point out Portland at minus seven, so just two better, but Portland is up in sixth place. So, yes, continue. Sorry. So the Galaxy cannot play for trying to finish in a tie for ninth place. They need to finish ninth, you know, in ninth place outright. So, again, the most my most likely scenario is Portland and Vancouver qualify before the final weekend. San Jose, Dallas, Minnesota, and the Galaxy all go into the final weekend mathematically in contention, 
I think Dallas would be at 44 points, holding the ninth position. Again, needing the Galaxy to win and probably to get a draw in the SKC Minnesota game in order for the Galaxy to qualify. Right. That's if they get those 10 points. That's a big ass, starting with the Portland game, where I have them winning winning that game. If they get a draw, that, that keeps them alive, but may, means they've got to make up the two points somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a... Backs are against the wall. I'll certainly agree with that. The pressure's on. It's the pressure's been on. Galaxy have been playing like the pressure's on. If you saw them after that game, they were laying on the ground. I mean, that was a full spend. Um, all the energy there. Let's get to some super chats. Uh, Raphael, uh, $5 super chat, talking about Johnny Th- Johnny Perez. He says, isn't it illegal for lefties to use their right foot? Johnny Perez and the effort rule, right? You're talking about assists and all that stuff. And, you know, Efra can't make that assist from that side because he'd have to cut inside on his left foot. And Johnny Perez can just hit it with his right foot. Uh, Lex gave us a $5 super chat, says if a fourth DP is introduced, should the Galaxy use it on the goalkeeper of De Gea's quality? Look at the difference Berkey has made for St. Louis. Also make the shirts. The shirts are in reference to, we're still in 13th um, <laughs> shirts. Uh, we're still in 13th, and all I got was this uh, this thing. If there's a fourth BT- DP, I am DP, I am anti-DP defender. I'm anti-DP goalkeeper. I don't know what would happen. I don't know if I'd have to reassess that if there was a fourth DP um, but no, I would say you don't need to spend DP money to get a good goalkeeper. Uh, but certainly you look at Berkey and he's been outstanding for St. Louis. I also think you know, that's St- a conversation to be had though. Look at Philadelphia with Blake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it, you, but you could, there still seems to be ways to get good goalkeepers in major league soccer without spending gigantic bucks. Right. That, that seems at least for me, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, uh, Michovic is, is right there and he's been, I'm all for get let, letting him roll out here in the next uh, you know next season and sort of see how that goes um, because I really like his game. I think he's a good distributor, looks like a good shot stopper, uh, and is is a young up and coming goalkeeper. So I like that. Um, but th- I mean, I, I I still think that's an interesting idea because when you look at the teams that if you want to say quote dynasties in MLS, Stefan Fry in Seattle, you got Blake again, Brad Gusan in Atlanta, a team that's been good for you know a while. Um, they all have good goalkeepers. None of them are DPs that I know. I don't, maybe Blake is. But I don't think he is. All, none of them are DPs, but those are teams that have been able to depend on a goalkeeper to keep them in games when they otherwise, you know, I mean, look at St. Louis, all the pressure they absorb. They really need a good goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying that's, I think, an interesting conversation. Yeah. It, no, it is. Uh, by the way, Alan Native said, didn't we have the first DP defender? Yes, it was Omar Gonzalez. Uh, for a brief moment in time, he was the LA Galaxy's uh, designated player uh, defender. Who was the first DP goalkeeper? Uh, was it uh, what's his name in Colorado? Um, um, Tim Howard. Yeah, Tim Howard. Yeah. I think you could probably argue Jorge Campos, but the rule didn't exist then. But he right. was, I think, the first big money goalkeeper. Yeah. But Tim Howard was the first with the DP label. Okay. Um, and by the way, that doesn't work in Colorado when you didn't have a team that was around Tim Howard. It was just nice to play that game, right? So. Um, yeah, that's sort of where we're at. Uh, LA Galaxy getting ready to play, you know, a pretty big game against Portland. We'll go back to the schedule here so we can pull that up. Um, you know what that game is not? What is that game not? Is not a must win. And you'll never, ever hear a coach say it's a must win game until, you know, it's elimination. Because what if the, what if the Galaxy lose that game? Then yeah. what does Vanny say? I said it was a must win, so I guess we just won't show up for the next four. Yeah, exactly. No, you you will play until there's. I, I've I've adopted that. There's only the only thing that is must win is mathematical for me, and that tape makes that distinction very easy. Um, that being said, the Portland game is as close to a must win for me as you can because I really think you have to win all three of your home games. 
Uh, that includes against Portland. It includes against Salt Lake. It includes against Dallas. Um, well, when you look at the scenario we just laid out, right. if they don't win that game, if they draw it, they have to make up the two points somewhere else. It's going to be tough to do. But the good thing about a draw is they have two games in hand over Portland. So if they draw that game, Portland doesn't move any further ahead. They each get a point. They they stay the same distance apart. So it's not like if they lose, that's a six-point swing. Right. A draw at least keeps them level. It makes it tougher, sure, but it at least because they don't pick up any ground, but they don't lose any ground either. And having games in hand over Portland actually helps them. Yeah, but you still have to worry about sort of where that line is and what Dallas does. And that whole line could jump up depending on what the schedule is, right? The whole well, line you were talking jump. about Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You were talking about Minnesota went seventh to tenth and back to tenth again. Yes. And- yes. I mean, that's but that's how that's how tight it is. I mean, the whole deal is the Galaxy have been like sneaking up on ninth, pl- uh, sneaking up on thir- on 12th place, right? They've been sneaking up on it. They've been getting closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer. And we've sort of seen them that. But the bottom line is once they actually get there, it's like uh, it's like chasing down a, a, a breakaway group in like the Tour de France or something like that, right? These guys, they break away. They're way up there and you're chasing them down and you have to do a lot of work to chase them down. You're chasing them down, chasing them down, chasing them down. And finally, you get to see them. And whenever you can see them, that gives you a little bit more energy. And so you're chasing them down. You're getting a little bit closer. And you get up to them. So now what happens when you get up to them is now you have the ability to go. You were in no man's land for so long that you weren't picking up any positions. You weren't making any any sort of headway, right? Now, once you're up to the group, you can start passing those guys. They're all in the group. So once you pass one, you might jump two or three at the same time. That's where the Galaxy are. That's why it's hard for me to say, oh, season over, right? And there were Galaxy fans again in the first half going, season's over, pack it up, 2024, here we go. You know, and and the whole deal, it's like, one, that wasn't a must-win game. Galaxy would be just one point worse right now, and we'd be talking about how they have to make up six points in five games, right? But where they're at right now is still within reasonable touch to be able to sit there and say, I think the Galaxy still have, a, a you know, a reasonable chance. And as one of the hottest teams in Major League Soccer, if they can string some wins together, which is a big if, if they can string some wins together, together they could do something. I will tell you good news, Kevin. The good news here is, we know that the LA Galaxy, it's impossible for the LA Galaxy to win three games in a row, right? They don't They've have never to. Done it. Yeah, they have not, not with under Greg Vanny. They've never done it, right? So they don't have to. They just need to win at, at LA, at win with Portland on the weekend. Then they can draw with Seattle or draw with Minnesota, or maybe they lose against Seattle. I, again, tough game, right? And the whole deal goes. And then they just have to win against Salt Lake and win Dallas. In no way is that three wins in a row anywhere, right? So they, they have a shot. They have a shot. I would I would point out I can guarantee the Galaxy will make the playoffs. They win the next five games, they'll make the playoffs. That's, they could finish second. They, I mean, I would watch. They'll finish fourth again in the Western Conference, and we'll all sit there and go, how, does it, how did that happen again, right? I, I would say, though, that they can only afford to lose one of the last five. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're... <laughs> let's put it this way. It would be very difficult because if you got had three games that you had to win and you won all three, get three of those and you picked up nine points, I don't think the nine points is enough, right? No, it does not, yeah. no, I don't think it is either. Yeah. Not when you look at all the other teams. And, you know, the Galaxy are actually kind of lucky because some of these schedules these other guys are playing mm-hmm. are really rough. Talk about Yeah, well, I look at some of these teams and, and I say, okay, so Portland, they, they only have three games left, but it's Galaxy, Montreal, and Houston. Galaxy and Houston are going to be tough games. Montreal, they have to go to Montreal. That's going to be tough for them. And by the way, I just want to say we talked when the Timbers fired Savarese at the end of August, August 22nd. We talked about the when that happens, my experience has always been in every, every sport, when that when a coaching change is made, 
a team either takes off or they go in the tank. Either they give up and say, management gave up on us, or they say, the coach was the problem. We're really good. We're going to go out. They lost their first game under Miles uh, Joseph, and they're unbeaten since then. They've, they're 5-1-1 one, and one since the coaching change. Six unbeaten now, 16 points out of the last 18. So clearly they – the players thought that they had something to prove with the new coach, but still Portland, they only have three games left. That's that's works against them, I think. And they're three tough games, Vancouver, they get Colorado. But after that, DC United, St. Louis, Seattle, and LAFC, San Jose, they got Minnesota, Dallas, and then they finished with Austin. So Minnesota, Dallas, two teams that are still in the race, Dallas, they have five matches left, but Philadelphia, Houston, which is, you know, up at the top of the standings. Then they get Colorado, St. Louis, uh, San Jose, and the galaxy, um, Sporting Kansas City still has St. Louis and Salt Lake and Minnesota, all three playoff teams. Minnesota has San Jose, LAFC, the Galaxy, and Sporting Kansas City. A couple of those teams have one game against Colorado, which those teams are going to need to win. Right. I mean, you look at Portland having to – their easiest game is at Montreal, and they have to fly to Montreal. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. You know, people are pointing out, yes, the Galaxy do have to rely on other results. But the bottom line is that everybody in the Western Conference is playing everybody in the Western Conference for the most part. You're going to find that the results are going to be mediocre at best because that's what the West has been. If somebody strings any portion of wins together, they could very well jump themselves four, five, six places in the standings. Well, watch San Jose because San Jose plays Minnesota, Dallas, and uh well, and, you know, if, if they win those two games, that virtually kills Minnesota or, or really hurts them. And it could put Dallas in a position where they're going to need to beat the Galaxy. Yep. So so San Jose is, is going to have a lot to say about uh, about this. I think they also play – yeah, I guess that's all the only games they have. So they play Dallas and Minnesota. They could they could have a lot to say in, in how this thing finishes up. So does LAFC. They have a couple of games. And Seattle has a couple of games against contenders. Going to be an interesting one as it goes down the stretch. The LA Galaxy getting ready to play Portland coming up this weekend. Well, uh, you know, one, one last thing about this yeah. that just occurred to me is when you when you look at the standings so bunched, and again, you know, uh, uh, LAFC and Seattle at forty five points. Uh, St. Louis is gone. They're they've checked out. Um, you know, the, no one's going to catch them probably. But what that means is that with the way the playoffs are set up, you know, home field advantage and all those kind of with it being that tight. What is it? Forty five, forty five, and forty four. Or for two, three, and four, those teams playing for home field advantage. Right. Um, that means Seattle's not going to rest their starters in a game against Vancouver, for example. LAFC is not going to rest its starters in a game against one of these other contenders uh, like Sporting Kansas City or, well, uh, they, they play Minnesota. So these guys are not going to rest their starters because they have to win those games too. That's a little bit unlike years past where some of these teams have sort of dialed it back a little bit down the stretch or at least been able to if they wanted to. Everybody's playing every week. And so the teams that that works in the galaxy in the galaxy's favor because when LAFC and Seattle play these teams, they're going to have to use their best players because they need to win too. I mean, you know, we've talked about the mediocrity in the Western Conference, and now it all comes to the head, right? Where it is who is going to separate themselves? It's like uh, there's there's seven teams, they're all drowning, uh, and they're all pushing each other's heads under the water, and it's going to be who's going to be the strongest one to keep their head above wa- water for longest. I mean, the Galaxy are a sinking ship with all the injuries, with everything that's happened this season, the boycott, the you know Chris Klein firing, everything that has happened in this season. The Galaxy have been t- taking on water since day one of this season. Um, if they make the playoffs, quite honestly, yes, it's expected. And yes, this team was a fourth place Western Conference finisher last year. Uh, it remains to be seen what they are this year because <laughs> they could finish that high again. But just saying that this team has fought against an awful lot of current 
uh, to get sort of where to even be in a position and weird from a position in terms of the second to worst, uh, you know, uh, schedule or second to worst results in, in the Western Conference right now. Well, here's what happens. Douglas Costa plays for the first time since early September in the final against Dallas, scores a hat trick. It's the winning goal on a penalty kick in stoppage time. And then Jalen Neal crawls off the bench and clears a ball off the line as time expires. You know that Vanny talked about Jalen Neal and he said uh, specifically said said that it's possible for him to come back for the playoffs. They like they don't we don't know how possible, but if we make the playoffs, he could be back for the very last week, too. Well, a couple of things about that. First of all, Greg Vanny is very smart not to replace, not to put him on the season injury in season ending injury list because at that point you're not going to get anybody anyways. Right. Just keep him on the roster. It mm-hmm. doesn't make any difference. Right. If he has a miraculous recovery, you do get him back for the playoffs. Would you like to have Jalen Neal back for the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Yes, you would. Yep. But the injury that he had, the surgery that he had, I looked up that the 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 earliest comeback time for a normal person, and we know Jalen Neal is not a normal person, right. but it's six weeks. That would have him maybe able to 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 show up at training the last day of training. I don't see him playing during the regular season. No. Yeah, he'd have another month, five weeks for the playoffs. Maybe he comes off the bench in the MLS Cup final. I still think that's outside, but I think Greg Vanny was really smart to just leave him on the roster because, you know, if lightning in a bottle comes, he'll be available. There was nothing, there was no advantage to pulling him off the roster, though. There was nothing that they could do. It's not like they could replace him. Um, they wouldn't do it. They've already got used their replacement and everything else that they sort of and, have. And I think the roster was set for the playoffs. And the that. roster freeze right. already happened as well. So you, you're... Yeah, very smart to, to do that. Um, well, maybe not very smart, but it would have been dumb to try to do something else. What they did is what is basically the only thing they really could do if they're smart. Yeah, it should be uh, should be interesting. And of course, you know, then uh, if everything goes sideways, you're talking about a very big off season for the LA Galaxy as well, which is always sort of on the precipice. We'll talk about that when we get there. That's why I have two shows a week, so we can cover all the different angles. Uh, LA Galaxy Portland coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, that game will be played on September 30th. Uh, 7.30 p.m. is your uh, is your TV start time on MLS Season Pass, and a 7.39 p.m., I believe, is... The as long as there's time. no storms. Yeah, well, it's in no storms. it's in Southern California. I would say that should be okay, but, you know, the hurricane and everything last time, so uh, we'll see. All right, um, I think that's sort of where we're at for the LA Galaxy. Uh, interesting game. Uh, this team does not... They don't roll over. I love to see it. They don't care how many people get hurt. It's kind of inspiring from a team that is struggling and is still historically one of the worst. One of the worser. Can I say that? Is that even a word? It's not one of the worstest. One of the worstest. Yeah, that's much better. Uh, one of the worstest teams um, in LA Galaxy history. I mean, they're not. This is not a great team, Kevin. This is not. This is not a team where you sit there. But it, it's yeah. fun to watch right now, though. And and as much as I praise Ricky Ricky on uh, on Twitter last night. I wonder how much Billy Sharp is responsible for the grit this team is showing because it seems like it's been a different team since he got here. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. By the way, Sophie's in our in our chat room. Sophie, Hi, I Sophie. Be- I believe Sophie is 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 typing in from lands afar right now. So uh, I do not believe she was on uh, this side of the. Uh, of the, I would say the Dateline, but really that's more for like crossing over to Japan and that type of things. But uh, she's not on this continent. Let's put it that way. So, so glad to have you here. Um, I, I would also say she says if uh, if Greg fails to make the playoffs, he's got to go. There's almost zero chance that happens. I don't I don't know how many times I have to say it, but I'm just telling you what I've heard from people. I don't think Vanny's going anywhere. I expect him to be the coach of 2024. Um, and and then there will be a very short leash leash, but I believe that that will be the case. Um, Corbin Burnson played. Um 
Roger Dorn. 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 If I see any more of that Olay stuff, I'm going to make you do 100 push-ups. I love that movie so much. Uh, it says in my contract that I don't have to do any calisthenics that I don't deem physically necessary. And then he takes it out and does something with the contract. So there you go. That's there's your replay Wild of the day thing. on Major League, uh, one of the better ma- one of the better baseball movies, uh, I think. Uh, but then they followed it up with two sequels that were just unwatchable. Oh yeah, totally. But I still enjoyed them. I mean, they're still part of the family. It's not the only is name a great like you know uh, sequel movie like like a three. How, how many threes? You know the 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 tri- the triquels the triquels. Well, the only one that maybe are, are Back the, to the two. Future. The two, well, no, the, I was thinking the two Hobbit trilogies. Okay. Yeah. They were both pretty good. But see, those were movies that were made for those. They knew they were going to make all those movies from the very beginning. Like Back to the Future was, hey, we made this really cool movie. What can we do? Oh, well, we can do another one. Oh, cool. Oh, well, that was so good. We'll make the best. We'll make the second best one, the third one. Um. So yeah. Anyway, just and, and who can believe Serrano? Pedro Serrano was the guy from the Allstate commercials. That's it. Just blows me away. That, it, I mean, you know, uh, are you saying that Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? See, that's that's just a, it's just an amazing movie. It's an amazing movie for all the reasons that you expect. Best soccer movie of all time. Mm. It's tough, right? I mean, baseball lends itself to that poetry. I'm sorry, it just it just at least here it just Kick, seems kicking and screaming. That. Kicking and screaming. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like um, I'm trying to think. Bend it like Beckham. Eh, yeah, I like that movie. Growing up, it certainly was 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 an interesting one. It was what a, was that World War II prison movie with Pele? Oh, Sylvester Stallone. In Sylvester that. Stallone in that. What was the name of that? That was that's a crazy, not great movie, but you'll watch anytime it comes on anyway. Um, so yeah, that's what we're doing. All right. Uh, anything else? You good? I think we're good. Maybe it's because it's, it, people can't play soccer. Actors. Everyone can swing a bat. No, to, they to, can't. To, no, they to create real soccer. Even Ted Lasso crew had to bring in a couple of ringers for the final season because they wanted to have more soccer. No. The, uh, in the, the the big green is a great one. The big green one. Uh, oh, the damned United is is an excellent one. Okay. All right. Uh, I was gonna say somebody's gonna say Green Street Hooligans. Every somebody always says Green Street Hooligans. It's okay. I, I enjoy it. Um, but people definitely voting for the big green, um, which I may have to go back and watch. Maybe I'll watch it tonight because why would I go to sleep early again? <clears throat> Anything else? You good? We're good. No night trains. Put some lights on those puppies. We we do that. Okay. We, don't don't worry. Don't. Don't don't you worry about it. It's it gets taken care of. You want to see the video? Yeah, it just looks like a Thomas the Tank Engine thing going on. Out there. Yeah, I mean, there it goes. There yeah. they go. That the, Thomas the, the Tank. They only roll. weigh like two thousand pounds, and probably that one costs like fifty or sixty thousand dollars. Like you know, they're basically Ferraris. Uh, well, not new Ferraris because those cost like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. But like you know, a Ferrari that you would have bought in the nineteen eighties, right? And there so, you are at the island of Sodor. The, <laughs> Uh, um, uh, Shaolin soccer, uh, is the goat apparently according to uh, Christian. Um, so there was a, uh, there was a soccer rom-com with Gerard Butler. I forgot the name. There was one. Oh yeah. I think I watched that. It wasn't good though. Um, so we're not going to have a soccer ball from that movie around here. So we're not going to say goal. I do. Did you see goal? I don't remember that one off the top of my head. Um, wow. More soccer movies than I know about. I've been watching too many baseball movies. Clearly fever pitch. Uh, oh, the, oh, they need to remake fever pitch, but the, for the original soccer story, I, I don't I yeah. like that. That's good. It was, it was based on Arsenal, I believe. Yeah. Okay. They, they just stole the the idea completely. Okay. Did you know that at the end of that movie, that movie was written with the Red Sox losing 
and it was going to come out right after the 2004 World Series, which of course the Red Sox won. Right, and so and they, they had to have rush. A, yeah, right. They had to rush Drew Barrymore and onto the field after the Red Sox won, and they had to redo the whole ending. It would have it would have been unrealistic for the Red Sox to have won in the movie before that point, but being it yes, happened in exactly. real life, so they, they did it. it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Goal is good. Matador. Oh, the Matador. That's the one that was like a TV series. Uh, Matador, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Mat- Matador with uh, Gabriel Luna from from Jeff. Jeff's, Jeff. Yes, one. named after the galaxy's defensive technique. Mm-hmm. Victory was the Stallone movie. Victory. Okay. 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 Good. I'm glad we got all these. Good. I'm glad. Thank you, everybody. You're gonna fill up. I need some. I need some some soccer movies that I need yeah, to watch. We needed some help because we our stuff is not just. With the writer strike, our guys are our writers are on strike. Yeah, and we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We decided not to have them come in. Uh, very good. All right. Uh, if you're looking for Mister Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at and K Baxter Eleven. Nobody would. Uh, at K Baxter Eleven, head on over there. LATimes.com is where you can, of course, find Kevin. Check it out. All the stories about soccer and everything else. Uh, we always appreciate him being here. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at J Gessman, J G U E S M A N, at Galaxy Podcast, at Galaxy Podcast on Threads, CornerTheGalaxy.com is where you can find all those wonderful things. All right. That is where we are. LA Galaxy, Portland, coming up this weekend. Uh, should be an interesting game. Should be a lot of fun. September 30th, 7.30 p.m. MLS season pass. That's where you can find it. All right. For Mr. Kevin the pa- Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.